Okay, we'll get started. Crowdsource. So, I think it's uh, it seems to be appropriate since what we're going to be talking about is about eating. We have uh, an excess here of food today, and uh, I hope that the the blurb. Where's David Ellis? He usually likes my blurb. He's, He's on town. He's on town. town. Okay. But as you can see, we tried to emphasize the fact that uh, uh, challenges to age-old Jewish eating customs. The Shear today uh, is sponsored uh, by Eric Feinstein, uh, who we wish him a tremendous amount of atzalochel. Uh We're going to miss having him here in the Shear, especially uh, if there's some Latin or some Italian. Or other things, which of course many of the Chuvas in the place can deal with knowledge of things in that world. Uh, Eric was uh, very important and indispensable, I would say, as far as that goes. Very, uh, it should be a big source for his uh, his father-in-law, who I know was a father to him. Um, Yitzhak Isaac uh, Ben Asher Anshel. Um, uh, Gershon Clayton mentioned to me that the Posekishas Reyo Yazru which of course is what the person who is with, who has the name Isaac would be maybe the name he would say. Uh, Gershon tells me that that's in context about Avodah Zara, uh, uh, people who come together to do Avodah Zara, but I think that uh, it's still, if you would know about the person who passed away, and, and Eric wrote about it so mean, so uh, he spoke about him, he gave the husband, and he wrote about him in such a endearing terms, and in terms of the history of, of Mr. Cantor, that he clearly was somebody that was always helpful uh, to everyone, uh, and giving encouragement. And to Eric, we also say that we, uh, we are we remain your very close friends and dear friends here in the company. Um, and we wish you chazak uh, of going further and further. Amen. I also have to say... Uh, to, Gershon's, I, to Gershon's point, food could be a vodazara too. That's right. Well, Godu Lagimush and Makarevis Night and Chobrius. That puppet is used for positive things. For positive. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, but we, again, uh, I think it's a good, uh, again, the... I was shocked and really reeling from, if you might remember, we actually gave a shear, dedicating the shear to Rabbi Yitzchak for Dovin Schwartz just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was in the middle of November. Uh, we gave a shear when Tidhar gave the shear, and it was um, uh, dedicated for his refuah. Uh, the Rabbi Shalom, you know, and uh, he's, Nebuch uh, was Nifter yesterday. Dovin Schwartz uh, he was a, a, a very important writer, uh, and he was a, worked in Kiruv and Arbatzostayra as a Rebbe and a, and a Rav Bishol in Flatbush. Uh, his brother is Chaim Schwartz, who was uh, one of the Magide Shir in Chaim Berlin, very famous uh, Magide Shir. Rabbi Yitzchot Dovin Ben Rav Schwartz, a very close friend and dear friend of mine. His father was a writer. Um, in the Yiddish press. I think he wrote for their Yid. Again, I, I don't remember which Jewish paper it was, but he was, he yarshed from his father uh, the ability to write cogently and brilliantly. Uh, he didn't write in Yiddish, he wrote in English. Um, there's a beautiful website if you Google Rabbi Schwartz, you'll find that he has a website that's called Beyond BT, I think it's called. Um, and that's him. And you might have seen he has beautiful things there. Um, uh, the truth is, the last post that he gave, I have it right here, uh, it's about achdus and about death. Um, if you can see how those things go together and about sleeping, it's, a, it's really a beautiful thing that he wrote last week. He was published on that website. It's called um, uh, An Israel Camped Out There Outside the Mountain by Yichan Yisrael Kedagad I, I really recommend this piece for you. You can find it on the internet. But I'll just, again, as you can see, that um, this is a little bit of Dovin Schwartz. Um, it's only the wakeful, conscious mind that integrates a human being into an organic whole. Under the sovereign direction of the mind and soul, all of the body's organs, limbs, and digits work towards the attainment of the common goals that are, ultimately benef that are mutually beneficial to the person as a whole. 
asleep and in a horizontal position, the human head is on the same plane and levels all the other limbs and organs of the body. This is true both literally and metaphorically. And he explains that it's in sleep, it's not just, it's, it's, a, it's a symbol of how the human body is not yet organized to work towards God. And as you can see that um, it's only when we're, we wake up, the soul stands up, and by doing so establishes a hierarchy. Um, that's where we are truly alive. That's when there's all of everything working together. That's the achdus, really, of Klal Yisrael. And just to say, as Rabbi Schwartz in his own words, in stark contrast, death doesn't merely render the body inert and motionless. Death initiates the dissolution of the human being. In death, anatomical connections begin loosening and the body breaks apart. The teaching of our sages can now be understood to mean that the simulation of sleep and other is really a 60th uh, of death. What we actually do when we wake up is realize how we can actually beat death with our souls, which are eternal. And when the body's asleep, it's just like a, a, a number of important components together, Rabbi Schwartz teaches us. But when we're standing, when we're, when we're together, then we can all become this multiplicity fusing together to become Israel in the singular. This is something that Rev. Dovin wrote last week, a couple of pretty, days. Pretty spooky that he wrote Cup, about that. That's right. Cup, oh, couple, of, really couple of days. Sick, yeah. couple of days. He's had cancer, unfortunately, for a number of months um, before he died. So I, 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 it should be a schus for him. I, the tefillahs, like I said, obviously we're going to show morning, uh, somewhat of his purity and, and, and mind. I also was shocked by my mashkiach, Rav Tzudah Schlanger, who was my mashkiach in high school. Uh, he was the Rosh Hashiva and Rosh of the uh, Yeshiva, the Sifta, Rosh Hashiva based Medrash of Baltimore. Um, uh, as you know, you can ask your, your friend, uh, Rabbi Bernstein, I'm sure he probably can tell you quite a bit. He, he's a nephew of Schlanger? My nephew learns there now. Your nephew learns there. So you know that uh, what kind of Schlanger? Schlanger was someone who incredibly was actually on the Koster bond. He was on the train. Um, he grew up. He was raised in, in Budapest uh, while it was. And he remembered vividly. He must have been a teenager as the Aktion was happening, or a young a young fellow, and um, as. The, the, the city was being uh, become Uterine he actually spent time in a concentration camp um, and uh, he brought afterwards he brought to America uh, the significance not only of a survivor but of a starker Ben Eretz Yisrael uh, I was in high school and I had never met an Israeli like him uh, the Israelis I was used to growing up in Memphis um, they were people who I knew that they talked quicker and they were somewhat more aggressive and, and I didn't really know what to make of them my father over Sholem used to drive in the Shalochim so I got to see many Israelis with beards but they were always collecting for tzedakahs and staying at our house but it's with Rashlanger when I came to high school that I met the Tkoyma of a, of a Ben Eretz with Tkiflis Hadas uh, with the Messiah of, of, of the B'nai Eretz Yisrael. I have to say that, you know, I was growing up in Memphis, and, you know, I knew a lot about Elvis, but he, of course, was taught me about Rebellia, mm-hmm. and he taught me about Rebellia Lapian, who was his Meiriterach, his Mashkiach, and he introduced me into all of American kids from Cleveland and Phoenix and Atlanta and all the places that we came to from there, Yisrael, to what it meant to be uh, the Hashivas of, of a Ben Teira coming from Eretz Yisrael. To say it was a culture shock is small, but we got it eventually. They weren't just dibs, so to speak. They were Choshava people. And Rashlanger uh, worked on that to the point that obviously Mary Yisrael couldn't contain him. Uh, he wasn't meant to really be uh, a, a to work with us and the American kids that came into Israel, but he actually elevated the, 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 the land and created a yeshiva along with his, his son, Yosef, who was a good friend of mine, uh, a yeshiva that really, in a way, 
emulates what it means to be a bentayra in on a hush of a fashion. I'm not going to use the word Haredi because it sort of has sometimes negative uh, uh, connotations. But Haredi, I would say, in the best way. And Rashlanger uh, to, to remind him that you can see your nephews are in Baltimore so they come they came from they come from out from Cleveland to come Dafka to that yeshiva. Uh, both great Marbitse Taira, Rabbi W. Schwartz writing, giving you the depth of the Ishbitza, and Schlanger giving you the soul and the shama of Radesla and Shach and all the daily arts in Israel, they should be Melitza Yeshua for us. I know it's long. Connected to Chazanish as well. And of course, you know, we have here an Enoch Ravelia. So he was, that's how I heard about Ravelia. The first was from Schlanger, always mentioning this Ravelia. <laughs> Who's he talking about? And, uh, yeah, the Paul Hashem. Okay. I got to tell you, this is the first year I've ever come to that in my life, I ever had Rebellia and Elvis in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one for me. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to try to break a couple of other records here today. Um, so basically what I want to talk about is, is really the, 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 the theme uh, to cut to the chase is really the idea of Moitzi Laz on the Deir Sakan That's really the theme. I know I, I, I have a couple of three things together. Um, but basically, they all have that shared. You know, I'm, I'm going to show my cards. One idea is the idea, and we'll get quickly to that, which is about eating fish. Um, this, and as you can see, I talk about boning up on the need for gefilte or garlic. Now, boning up, of course, has to do with the fact that fish has bones in it. And Jews have been eating fish. If you take a look at the sources I, 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 I sent to you from Time Salvation, who to me, uh, you know, alavai, we should you know, be, uh, we should be zocha to to understand the makoris of the rishonim like Chaim Salvatic. That's the road of um, Rabbi Riskin, who is uh, quite a student of the road himself, told me that Chaim Salvatic, Doctor Chaim Salvatic, is every bit the mind of his father Yosef Dov. And we all know the type of mind Rabbi Yosef Dov Salavetrik And he applied it to the world of Mechkar and Chochmah. And many times people that are in that world can be accused of having a, an axe to grind or they're, you know, they're throwing in these historical sources in order to upend. Chaim Salvechik is the most honest, brilliant thinker in this field. And it's a field that, you know, I sort of dabble in, and I, you get little snippets of the Chaim Salvechik approach. But I, 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 I recommend Chaim Salvechik. You know, he's, he's the gold standard. The same way of Yosha Bear from Boston is the gold standard in Lundus. Uh Everyone will tell you that, that he has the most uh, clear, conceptual understanding of Asugya and the Rishonim and the Havana that's unmatched. Again, when you went to YU or not, you have to be moited to that. His son has a clear conceptual understanding of history and historical sources. So Chaim Salvechik actually wrote an article uh, called Rupture and Reconstruction. And I can read you a little bit of it here. It's in the, uh, um, those of you who might remember it, it was a, it was a major uh, event when it was published in Tradition. By the way, his father also, of course, published in Tradition, The Lonely Man of Faith, might be familiar with that. It's a very famous essay. But I just want to show you here about what Chaim Salvechik wrote to start about. Fish. So, he talks about the idea, again, you might enjoy this idea of humerus that have happened, how Orthodox Judaism in America has been moving to the right. Again, it's a very interesting sociological, uh, I'm not, I don't sign off on everything that he writes here, but I think it's, 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 it's important to read um, about, and he talks about the mimetic tradition, the tradition of the home, that we knew how to do stuff. And as you can see here, he says, halacha is a sweepingly comprehensive regula of daily life covering, but not only prayer and divine service, but equally food, drink, dress, sexual relations, the man and wife, the rhythms of work, patterns of, of rest. It's a way of life. And a way of life is not learned, but rather absorbed. 
Mimetic means it's imbibed from parents and friends and patterned on conduct regularly observed in the home and the streets. Um, now, did these mimetic forms conform with the legal ones? Okay. And he talks here about how that the idea of having separate sinks and separate dish towels and cupboards uh, was really unknown in the poverty of Europe. Um, but things have been amplified. We are, we are blessed with wealth. And uh, as he says here, um, things have changed. But here is the part that I think is important to us. There's an injunction against Borer, sorting or separating on the Sabbath. And we indeed do refrain from sorting clothes, not to speak of separating actual wheat from chaff. By the way, you know the Meshachachma, Meir Simchach, opined that uh, there is no issue of separating clothes in a closet or ties and stuff like that. He said Borer is only connected to Midi de Achila, but okay, but the Oilum is Machmir. As you know, that you know, you go into your closet and <coughs> take out halachic. Doesn't the Gemara say that by it, No, with the women's Some clothing, it, it, you can't tell the difference between the women's clothing and the men's clothing that it's buyer. You got me on that. All I know is the Meshachachma says that a kolpanim we're machmer even by clothes. <coughs> you have to find find the Gemara for me. What? Okay, you're right. However, as you can see, we do eat fish. And in eating fish, we must, if we're not to choke, separate the bones from the meat. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of borer for a second. We know that the most chomer type of borer, of separation, is when you separate the chaff, you separate the psoas from the ochel. Because what they did was, in the samamonim, in the Beis HaMikdash, they would grind down to make into the dye, they would take out these pieces that clearly were unusable. If you are borer, if you take out those unusable, uneatable pieces, so it doesn't make a difference that you're going to eat the food right away. We know there's a term called la'alter, that if you're doing it immediately, it's different than if you're storing it for later. When you take the psoas out, you are inherently making a better product. And it doesn't make a difference if you're going to eat the meat right away. You've already created and constructed a new type of food. So therefore, lachora, the idea of eating fish which uh, would be a problem if you take bones from the meat, uh, we are separating the chaff from the wheat. So the upshot is that all Jews who ate fish on the Sabbath, and Jews have been eating fish on Sabbath for at least some 2,000 years. And, okay, you want to see his mocha, right, Yossi? So we'll find oh, it in a uh, second. Why, why, is the, why is he making a presumption that you do it? The only way to do it is with... Uh... Okay. So his presumption is because the Achrok, the Mogan Avram, was one of the first to even begin discussing it. So the question is, even before the Mogan Avram, there was a discussion, we know Jews were eating fish. So how were they eating fish? So you could say, you all see, that they were eating it, but, but there's so many different answers as to how Jews were able to. His pres- what? Could be. Okay. So he says in the late 19th century, a scholar took this problem and gave some very unpersuasive answers. It's difficult to imagine these and where of their inadequacies. Rather, his underlying presumption was that it was permissible, and there must be some valid explanation for the practice, if not necessarily his. Otherwise, hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of well-intending and servant Jews had conceivably been desecrating the Shabbos, the Sabbath, for some 20 centuries. His attitude was it could be as simple as Okay, so I, I, I understand. I'm with him. Okay, so all right. So let's talk about uh, what. Okay, we won't get into. You can look at yourself. All the makayers of Jews eating. Fish. Let's get to the major point. Just quickly. So there's four. What is, this, he, what is he trying to get? To? Okay, his point is is that it's clear that people did separate the bones because you can't when you when you peel a fish right when you get a fish and it's without the, the years before there was good filter fish right so you get this cooked fish that every Jew eats so they would peel the they would take the take the skin yeah, off was there was the skin the off and you had the you had the you had the skeleton and then you had small little bones so people would start eating they would take with their hands they would push the bone away and eat right now that's the normal way to eat such a fish. 
you could presume that Yidin never ate fish that way. The way they ate it was either they did butter in their mouths, they took, again, which is so strange, to actually take the whole piece into their mouth, and then since they're in the process, this is one of that day, based on Mishaburah quotes it as, as the sheet of the Ramban and the, the Re-Abalafia. Mishaburah knew how to do his research, right? Because it's not even Ramush Abalafia, it's, uh, I don't know which Ramabalafia it is, but that you could actually, why it's in your mouth already, then it's not both. <coughs> once you have the psolus in your mouth, when is it called fixing the fish? Is when the fish is on the table, and oh, look, I took the bones off, now I've got a great thing to eat. But if it's in my mouth, and then in my mouth I stick my hand in, or with my tongue, right? That's what I said, gargling, so to speak. You sort of like get the bones away, and even though you got them now in your hands, that's not called bayer. It's like Karenin. What? Sunflower seeds. Okay. Oh. See? Yes. Well, it only has to make sense, because if you're going to apply bayer to put a strict level, you can also removing food from the plate is bayer. So, so on, that's, not human that's right. So on, bones. that's right. So on the plate, there's a problem. If you have a bunch of I'm foods, saying, I'm not saying any taking any food off any plate should be a problem with butter. Okay, so hang on. So it has to be first of all, it has to be mixed. In order for things to be butter, and butter means separating a product that started off ma'urav, that started off mixed together, and then the butter was taking the parts that are. It's all mixed. Just like the, 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 the ingredients for the dyes, it had inherently this part that couldn't be used, so it had to be taken out and separated. One, again, if, 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 if he's, I don't like the way he refers to the Mishnah Burra, but he's got a, a little bit of a, a discussion here which is worth seeing about the difference in the Mishnah Burra and the Rachasholcha and the difference approach they have in Pesach Aloha, I refer you to the sources that I've sent you. But in terms specifically about Boyer, I'd like to show you something from, um, and let me go back to the source here, it's from a sefer that, uh, it's a very close of a sefer called Shvisa Shabbos, written by uh, someone who made sort of his life's work to really give over the Litvish Aderach of, of Torah, Rabbi Yitzhak Maltzen, Maltzen. He was the author of the Siddur, uh, that's printed together this Isha Yisrael sitter up on the Vilna Gon um, and um, wonderful, wonderful viewer up there but this is a Lomdash Sefer about the laws of Shabbos so I just want to show you what he writes here um, first of all again just to tell you Kosev Sefer Zechronos which is from, that was written by Rabbi Yitzchak Avuhav uh, in Italy Melechaz Abayru Menakosha Isha B'Shabbos it's almost one of the hardest melachas, melachot, because, as he says here, you can be really right away, and you've got to be very careful about boirer. It's a very difficult halacha to really fulfill properly. When he speaks about fish, um, it's here on page four, and he says that, and he talks about two types of fish, Take a look here. Um, if you have on a plate, uh, I guess a piece of sole, a piece of herring, and they're mixed up in a plate, that's called two minin. So you have to pick the one you want. Because uh, it has to be Ochelmitochapsoas. Even though they're all and even if it's the same type of fish. But one is salty or bigger. Um, he says you should do it that way, but maybe that's not Shaykh Pereira. Now, here's the part where it has to do with where the filter fish starts. Yesh Misha Kaira Tagar al Oisana, Noyagin Bishabas, Likroya Hadog Migabo, Ulahasir Hashidra Shabemsa. So, what they do is basically, if you've ever seen a fish, they take the skin off. And then you can see the, the skull. <coughs> and then they start picking out the bones. Sometimes it'll be from a chicken as well. Why? Because that's psoas mitocha ocho and yachayv achatas, yachayv misa, you do it amazing. The chayn is zarna medaktikin. Afil bishas achilo shalola hafrashat samas meadoga meabosa. Rachotzim abosa meadzama. So what they do instead is that they don't pick the bones out. They take 
the pieces of fish, which is very time-consuming, but they take the pieces of fish, they leave the bones on the plate, and they take uh, the fish out. Isn't it, like, it could be a second of the fish with the bones. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but even if you eat fish in the normal way, which Chaim salvation, I think you have to say, Yossi, logically makes sense that that was the way people ate fish. There's they, a million other ways they could have done it, though. Right. But I don't know why he's insisting that the Dafka did it that way. Because there's no sources other, you know, up until the 16th century that they ate fish in any other way. Um, again, you can argue with him. Uh, I'll show you the four ways, the four Heterim of eating fish that Rabbi Yitzhak Melton says. So here, take a look if you can see this. In Elahasir, Atzamas Me'adog B'Shas you have the heter of the Maria Malafia, because when you're in the middle of eating, it's not Shire and Breira. The Mishnah Baruch brings from the Ramban, and Rav Melton's Rebbe, the Goynat Tzadik Mistavisk. I don't know what that is, but the Tzadik of Stavisk argued with the Mishnah Baruch, and he said the Ramban is not a Raya. Uh, he himself says that he did some research in the Rashba, is Rashba from the Raya, that there is a Raya. Anyway, there might be a terror. Number one, the bones themselves might be soft. Impossible to eat. You don't want them, but it's called ochel, and therefore it's really part of the fish. In other words, if I have a bowl of cereal, and it's got, uh, I forgot, well, let's say the trave cereal, I know it has that, which I've never had, the Lucky Charms, right? It has, it has right? Right, Stars. Right. Yes, stars and this, right, right, whatever it was, all these things, all the things that the leprechaun says that has it, and you decide when you're eating it that you want to take, right, the, uh, one of the, you want to take a charm or a star. So you can't say that's Beirer because they're all, it's all Ochel. So since it's all Ochel, that's not considered. If I, if I have a bowl of nuts and I only want the Ochelers, the Ochelers. Yeah, I can't, I can't discard the cashew. That's either. different than the, again, the product. Fish product is that's too. What you did, Yossi, is you took nuts from here and nuts from there. You mix them together. It's two different minutes, like you said before. Here, a fish comes with that, right? So the fish, the fish, the lucky charms. Okay, the lucky charms is like the cereal is produced with this stuff, right? They put this way. You you go to the factory. You'll see the way it looks. They crush it all up, and then they they right, and then they turn it into it's not like oatmeal. Right, so basically, it's like a, it's like an ochel that has different parts to it. So I happen to like the meat more than the bones. So that's all called ochel. That's one teretz. The other teretz is if nishral on almost boser omolach. In other words, it could be that yeah, I separated it, but it wasn't pure bone. <coughs> there was a little piece of fish on that bone, right? So even though I took the bone out when I was eating it, it had meat or the meat of the fish. Speak, on it. If the meat of the fish is on the bone, okay. Or if you do a good job, though, and you don't get any meat on it, then you're in trouble. Right. That's what he says. Sometimes you have, he says, especially in herring and salty fish, the bones are completely, they don't have anything on them, so you can't use that as. Okay, what's the other hector? Um, one second. What's the other hector? He says, then you have the hector of the Mishnabura. In the middle of eating, uh, you don't have brera, right? In the middle of eating, while they're in it, while it's in your mouth, that's not called brera, and that was the head of the Mishnabura. And but he says that his his rebbe that Sadik argued with, but he says even my rebbe would be Moda that once you started to eat. In other words, once it was in your mouth and you started it in in your mouth, then you can take it out. Right. It's one thing what's oh I stuffed it in my mouth and then I separate it. But if I already start to chew and I and I come on to the psalis, then I can take it out. That's for sure, even according to his Rebbe, that would be a hetter to take it out. Um, the fourth hetter, he says that um, In other words, basically it never was boirer. 
Bayer is when you had two things that had been, that got mixed together and became one. It's like the opposite star. Koshal nifrudum in Here, since it's stuck to the food, it's like one piece of food. Um, the fifth hetter is it's mechuber. <laughs> I'm not, uh, why is it mechuber? Because the the skeleton is connected inherently to the meat. When we cook it, it starts to dissipate. But it's basically a, 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 it's basically one thing. Not because it's a food. Boyer is when you have a, a bunch of things together that have become intermixed. But when you have a skeleton which is connected, even though it's easy to, to rip it apart, that's not called boyer. Um if it's the Efsher to eat it, what is God didn't ask for fish? So if it's impossible to eat any other way, then you can, it's the same way we're allowed to take this, uh, peel an orange. The same way we can peel an orange. I we took the psalmist off. Well, that's the way you eat it. The way you eat fish is not all these ways that you said. Oh, that's probably the way they ate it. The normal again. This last answer is saying the normal way to eat fish is to action. Okay, you're used to. No, I just like this is all something you know. Maybe yes, maybe no. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Is okay. So the answer no. Uh, so who were the Asherim? Who said, so the first, the Mogan Avram raises the Shaila, and then the Godolim of the 19th century comes very strong against eating fish, and which was the way, and again, I, I, this, my guts tell me Chaim's salvation is right. That's because I think he's so brilliant. I understand that we have changed because of the Mishnah, because of what we've learned, because of how Jewish Chinuch has occurred, we eat our fish differently. But just imagine we had not had that exposure, we'd eat fish the way fish is eaten by the rest of the, the rest of the world. So again, the fact that it's only brought up as late as the 16th century, it's only really developed in the 19th century, I think gives credence to this idea. Again, you don't, you don't have to look out, not your Rebbe, you have to look out for me. But again, when we see something, this is really my point. The Duras are showing, okay, maybe there's no, I, I, I don't go, I didn't go back in a time machine. But I think the burden of proof is on you, not on me. Okay? No? No. Oh, okay. You're, you're, you're talking about late, you're a late 20th century human being, right? Mid to late, like me, a mid to late 20th century human being who's moving in his dotage into the 21st century, okay? That's us. We are products of all of this material and all of this halakha, and especially the hegemony and the power of, of a sefer that I love dearly and that I am a, a big chassan of, which is the Mishnah and it's changed in many ways the way we do things. Um, to the point that we heard from our Rebbe, we heard from our parents. The question about that, but the question is like, why make presumption? I don't know, maybe yes, maybe no. I'm not, I'm not okay. denying that he's right. But like, why do I have to prove I have to prove that I'm Because first of all, he says here it's a machmertayim of brocha. First of all, from Melson himself, who was writing in the 20s, you can see that there's so many people who are doing it. He comes up with five heterim to allow it, and, and not and only th- uh, six of them. Only two of them, only one of them is about doing it in your mouth, okay? Five heterim here that he comes up with that have nothing to do with separating it while it's in your mouth, that you can separate it on the plate, okay? W- one hetter he has there from the Mishnabura, etc. But, so that's, I think, is... For sure, Raya, that the normal way to do it was the other way. Now he says, and that's what he says, What's happened lately is that, that many of us have have taken on the minhagim of the Gedayim And it's not so hard. Well, okay, why not? But that, but, but we have to realize what has occurred. <laughs> okay, is our life really so much poorer that we have to eat fish that way? No, it's not so much poorer. But what I'm trying to say is is that there was a Hanhaga. Chaim Salvechik is telling us that Meltzin, the Mishnahur, and others are trying to, just like, oh, come on, you're learning Tyson. You know what? You learn Tyson's and Avedizara. Come on, you're learning Avedizara. 
every single page of the Gemara, Tysus is saying, how come we don't do this? How come we're giving animals to them? How come we're dealing with the goyim? There's a surim in the Gemara Navayi that this is Osir, this is Osir, right? And the Gemara's asking, Steers, listen for a second. And the Baliyat Tysus consistently say, well, why, why today aren't we keeping what says in the Gemara? And they're coming up with explanations. We, 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 we are going to, because of Parnassa, this Gezeira doesn't apply, the Goyim have changed. You don't think it's a, a, a solution? Yeah, that that was was my, whole, my whole point is, I don't know, maybe they did. I don't know. Okay. But it seems like a, they must have done it because otherwise, otherwise I don't have it, otherwise I have to keep quiet because I have my whole piece is gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, All right. I'm showing you a Dugmula Dover. I'm showing you a Dugmula Dover that you had in, in, in the case of the Dafyomi, it's really the reverse. Right. What? Where you have a surim, the we know what says in the Gemara, we know what we with now. Right. right, right. But we do, That's not a... Right. But we do find that the Hanhogas HaChayim sometimes doesn't jive with the original sources. Right? No in the in the case of the Avodazara, the, 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 the Gemara Avodazara in all the cases, it goes the other way. The Gemara is Machmir and we're Mekel. Here, what Salvechik is saying is that the, the, we have been Mako, or we've just been doing it, and then the questions arose. Hey, how come, it, how come we believe this? How come it's Mutter? In other words, people, but it's the same point though, Yossi, because people not, in Europe, not. people in Europe were, were, were lending money and interest to Goyim, even though the Gemara says it's Osir, and it's a terrible thing to do. People were dealing with Goyim on, on their on their Christmas and whatever other holidays, right? And they were giving animals to them and everything else that we know is Osir, based on the Gemara. And the Rishonim said, well, it must be things have changed. Um, here, what you have is people were eating fish, and maybe again, maybe the, those types of fish were not uh, around and then again, I can't tell you. So, let me show you one last thing here. You're saying to go back now and, and when you've taken us a level, maybe it, maybe it became a chumma that just became policy, but now to go in reverse. I'm not saying we should. Is that what he's. I'm, that's what I, I, I don't. What is his uh, okay, you know what? I think he's, he's trying to just explain, using this as a metaphor, as to how religious life has changed right. from the time. I think it's clear that we're just like changing. Right. <coughs> and he's using this as, as, and part of what he's trying to say is that there became a, a, a scholasticism as opposed to a mimetic tradition, which means that look in the sources. You look in the sources, you see, okay, one of the great things, and this is a safer that I live with, and I teach every single day, the Mishnah Bura, is that the Mishnah Bura will, will say, I know what it says here in Shulchan Aruch, to be matir, caring, in this type of place. But look at all these Rishonim that I found, look at all my research, and therefore, because of the Chorm and the Mishkabur, many people will not use the Eruf, right? They won't, because he found, even though you have the Rishitas Rishonim, the Beis Yosef quotes, which is, it has to have 600,000 people coming through the area every day, but he says, I know it says this in the Shulchan Aruch, but my research has discovered many, many others that disagree, and therefore we need to, since it's an Isra Daraisa, a suffix of carrying on Shabbos, what we need to do is adapt the stricter position, and that's why many people will say, hey, I can't hold in this Erev, because look what the Mishnah Berurah did. Now, I'm not saying that that's a negative thing. Listen to me for a second. What I'm saying is, is that what what what, what the Mishnah Berurah introduced and what the 18th, the, the 19th, and the 20th century introduced was people had access to books and svarim, and, and it wasn't based on, oh, this is what we've done in our uh, communities always. And we always had an air of year, and this is what the father and the grandfather did, etc. It came to, well, let's, let's investigate this. We have the sources, we have the library, we have the material. Let's be honest in our investigation. And if it turns out we should change things, we're going to change things. And that's what happened. Which means that the, the, the way people did things in the Darius have shown him wasn't that significant because, hey, that's, that's the advancement of, 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 of knowledge. And that's what he means. The mimetic tradition is, well, right? Well, how, did, how did your mother do it? What type of kitchen did she have? How did they do it? What was the, right? And, the, and, and that's why he says the Arach HaShulchan is a book that, again, it has its strengths and it has weaknesses, but he doesn't do that type of job that the Mishnah Brewer does. 
he he explains what's in the halacha, but he doesn't reshape things based on new scholarship. And 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 the truth is, as we can see, just one last thing about the Rasalvechik's own Chaim Salvechik's uh, um, great great grandfather. He says, I'm not going to eat fish with bones at all. There's too many shilas. The fish I'm going to eat only to filter Mrs. Adler's management. <laughs> Whatever it was, the, despite, as the connoisseurs will tell you, it, it, uh, it just it has that artificial, that artificial taste. Artificial taste? What? Artificial taste. Artificial, yes. We don't know at Samos. I don't want any books. The if you know the low im at Samos, this is for you, Yehuda. So therefore, if there were bones, he didn't even want to be soimach on the hetter of the Mishnah Baruch that he didn't really see necessarily. The hetter of the Ramban, the Maria Balafia. He was so machmir, the briskarov, the original rov. Well, it's not his grand. His grandson is known as a briskarov, but he was also the rov and brisk. But that was Rav Yisrael Beis the Beis Halevi would swallow the fish if they gave him bones. What? Israeli gets all the fish has little bones. The bones can be chopped up. They're chopped up. Okay. So, okay, so this is fish. Okay, now let's talk about. Let's see how much time we have left. You don't think the the Chavetz Chaim's Rebbe's ate fish? What? You don't think the Chavetz Chaim's Rebbe's ate fish? So it's a very interesting thing. And again, this is a little bit of psychological armchair uh, uh, speculation. See if Hilly is sawing here. But I think that part of it, part of it is the Chafetz Chaim. Okay, the Chafetz Chaim, it was interesting that he was a Yosem. And the truth is, he's very much a self made person. Um, he, do, he never quotes his father. He was His father died when he was like 10 or 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did he see in Vilna? Did he see people eating fish? Did he see what was going on there? Um, clearly, he isn't afraid, uh, Yankee, to shake up the tree. And, and that's really part of his greatness, is that, no, you know no what, doubt. things that are going on, right. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to... We're going to do birds next time, okay? If you want. I have to rewrite the blurb. But uh, but I want to talk about copepods a little bit. I want to talk about drinks for a second. So, okay, so copepods. from New York. That's why you don't know what it right. is. Yeah, so, copepods are microscopic. They're not so microscopic. Um, you can actually, if you open up a, a New York City tap water, uh, it's pretty easy to see them. I really? think, yes. Um, and the problem was that they were, what happened up here? When they were discovered, let me get to the tshuva from Rabelsky's on cell. When's Rabelsky's here? It was, 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 was last year. Was. And again, I, I, I I have to tell you that when we talk about we talk about trying to fill the gap so okay so here's what happened Hashrotsima elu shenikru kopopads. Near him again, but Kyle said, you know, when you're alive, you can see them. And you don't need schuchas on you don't need a microscope. And even after they're dead, you can actually see them. They don't have the vibrancy of being alive, but you can see white spots in the water that you know in the copepods. So, even though they don't have the look that they had when they were alive as Shrotzen, they just look like these white uh, spots. But we know what it is. Our science has told us that they are the sherets that, when it was alive, looked like a sherets with little legs and whatever it was. Um, and therefore, they are also. Now he's quoting our David Feinstein's psaac uh, to Asr. Okay? Is this going to say whether they're alive or not? So, I don't know. I would, 
Mm-hmm. You know, once it's once it's a share well, and you know, we, that's what he's saying. Um, it's the same love. Yes, because it's Nikarai Isser, because he says here, it's Nikarai Isser, because since, even though many people don't notice it, Rabbi David Kleinstein says, because they're so small, but if you show someone it, hey, yeah, look at those white spots. So therefore, Rabbi David and other posts at Rabbi Yashiv as well, said it was Nikarai Isser, and what you need to do, of course, is have a filter. Um, and therefore, you need because it's a barrier, and a barrier is not bubble even in a thousand. So, now, um, one of the hetair was that they're not truly in live water, they're happening in an artificial place in the pipes. So, uh, it says it's a reservoir. And a reservoir is not an artificial, even though it's built to carry water, it's not like a, a, well. a well. So therefore, we know that the source of the reservoir, it's not like you poured water and things developed in the, in the uh, well. Uh, you know that it comes from rivers, and over there, they were already there. The reservoir was just the means of getting uh, the reservoir and the pipes, which was the means of getting the water there. So therefore, you can't use that hector. So, Rabdavid continued, um, uh, it's it's in many neighborhoods in New York. It's in Mi and and everyone needs to buy a filter for their water. Um, and all the water in New York and the areas where they found them, you need to do that. Now, um, so Ravelski says, I have the biggest respect for Ravdovin, but this is tired. He says, this is from the Dharmah, Hamuras Biyosa. So it turns out, all the water in New York is also. Um, what about if you're staying by someone? Um, he says that our city is bigger than many countries uh, in previous times. Have you ever heard ever in Jewish history, in halachic history, that when you say you can't drink the water in that place? Um, they didn't have those methods of, of filterization. Now, what do they do? They used to pour it through a shmata. You pour it through a shmata, that, that makes it worse. Um, Why does that make it worse? Well, uh, I, I don't know, but I assume it does. What kind of disease is not clean? He says, and the water, he says, he says, the water that people had in this country. For hundreds of years, the Jews have been living here. Was exactly the same water we have now. In fact, he says we know even from the Amkinerit and others. Um, he says he says in this that many cities have filtration systems. He says this is something that the that modern communities have developed. So he says here, um, um, and in fact, people used to think New York water was actually cleaner, right? Right, it comes down from upstate. But we have we have the aquifer that comes down to New York. Um, he says, that according to this, all the people who drank without filtration were were eating shrubsen. So therefore, how can despite and the other rabbanim, including how can you come now and make drinking water and think, oh, sir, right, 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 And now he quotes from David's father. He quotes from Moshe. The Kvarkos of Maran, Roshim and Ekoma, Kleo, Vareinu, Arab Moshe Feinstein, Zechar Tzadik, Mikodesh, Lidracha. Again, you can see he's really emphasizing Arab Moshe here. Ba'avanachnuk, this is from Moshe from Yeridea. Katnek Tanim Yadanu Zeh with Barposhin. 
So he was talking about the fact that even though we open our mouths, there's all different types of bugs and things and, and, and things which might be called shrubs and based which, on... Which we know about today. Which we know about today. You can't say that those things are us. Now, what do you see? Now, of course... Nobody's saying more. You can't say that they were nechshel. Right. You can't say they were nechshel. Because that's, how can that's you more say important. that the tzaddik, the God would not allow that? Even though it's true, we now know about all these tiny amoeba-like insects or whatever that are everywhere. You can't say that that's... that, that we think that that's awesome. And he talks about spilling as well. He talks about using... Uh, um, in terms of what is the the ribu of a tefillin, he says the fact that we now have uh, sharper ways uh, to measure, uh, you can't use that as well. So he says that So therefore, he says that what's going to happen now. He says. Um, he says, Ramosh himself drank for 50 years the New York City water. And nobody ever, right, and, and to say that something is usher really implies that the previous generations, without knowing, they thought they were doing the right thing, they didn't know, had been imbibing trade and he sewer him into their system. And he says, How, you, can't, you have to be so careful to say such a thing. Because it says, and, and if you do say it, he says it's going to be terrible because kids are not going to their parents anymore. Kids who live in Lakewood are not coming home to their parents in Borough Park. That's an excuse. What? <laughs> and a good excuse, a firm excuse. Right? He says, the and therefore, uh, he says, this is a big mirchel. Therefore, he comes up to things. So anyway, as you can see, we're going to stop here. But as you can see that um, once again, Ravelsky uh, raises this point about how can we uh, answer the drinking water when the previous theorists knew nothing about it. it Ravelsky goes along to show that but you see what's, what the impetus is. The impetus is you can't create something that, that, that obliterates the perception of the past. Even with the, the brilliance and wonder so, of, so of the apply this world. to the fish bones. What? Apply this to the fish yeah. bones. Yeah. That's the point. All right. So, I guess Bershuschem, as we've got a little bit of a late start. Again, I, I hate doing part twos, but it makes it a little bit easier. So next week part we'll talk. Two. Next week we'll talk about uh, part two. We'll talk about the part two. It'll be for the birds. So, so next we'll week is next week is next week is for the birds. I guess with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, right, so right. we, we, we can talk about talk about the birds. Was it also a whole brouhaha? Without being a silly oaf.